I'm Christian Chiller. Welcome to my podcast, an enthusiastic ramble through whatever has taken my interest the past week or so. Expect technology, games, history, travel, geekery, and as always, much, much more. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Chinchilla Squeaks, my increasingly regular podcast. I've got a lot of content to cover at the moment. Uh, today is going to be another catch-up interview from KubeCon. I'm still getting through them. And that's going to be with Jan Lega and Vic Gamov, who are from Koyeb and Kong, uh, respectively, uh, talking about service meshes and, in particular, Kuma. So stay tuned for that. But first, let's just dive into a couple of very developer-focused links, and then we'll get to the interview. First, just following up from uh, a couple of developer announcements from the past few weeks, and I am still working on my own WWDC coverage. I don't know if I'll ever actually get around to it. Uh, maybe next time I will be more prepared, but I would like to experiment with them myself. Um, from a blog that I've mentioned a few times before from um, the Eclectic Light Company, just uh, an interesting wrap-up from a, for a developer's perspective, and especially for this blog who like to go deep into the, the the things lurking beneath the surface of a lot of the operating systems, the Mac, the Mac operating systems, the Apple operating systems. Um, this is an article called, and there's a nice companion article if you want to uh, see um, more historical context, where we're heading with macOS 13 Ventura. Um, and this is a list uh, mostly covering, yeah, the the supported models which I think is more widely acknowledged but then actually some of the details around topics that uh, this blog covers a lot security notarizing and things like that um, and and it's quite interesting some of those tools especially command line tools that look beneath the surface that you don't always know exist and actually this blog and a few other resources have really helped me understand some of those actually quite useful um, Apple and Mac OS command line tools that you don't really know about and they're not sort of standard Linux ones so not ones you expect to find so have a look at that. And then equally in companion to that, this is from Jen Simmons on the WebKit blog. WebKit features in Safari 16. Uh, I think some of the interesting ones for me were Web Inspector extensions. Safari is doing better and better at trying to make its extension ecosystem well, its extensions framework support the broader extensions ecosystem in other browsers. I attempted to make a video creating um, a Safari web extension and got very stuck. I will get back to that. I really want to resolve it, but I think the documentation was actually the biggest issue. But if you're willing to grapple with that, then you can now also build extensions for the web inspector. I think the Safari web inspector lags behind a lot of other browsers' inspectors, so that could make it more useful. Container queries... Um, I think this is uh, this is something that has come for taken a while to come on several browsers, not just Safari. Uh, web push, send remote notifications, even if Safari isn't running. It's a bit spammy, maybe, but interesting. Could be useful for. I think this has existed in other browsers. I guess I don't know. I don't really use other browsers so much, so hard to say. A subgrid, um, like grid. <laughs> CSS Grid, uh, five years ago, Subgrid now lets you have grids within grids. 
<laughs> Flexbox Inspector, another inspector, I guess an extension of, of some description. Accessibility improvements, animation improvements, overscroll, what happens when they get to the end of a scrolled area, um, shared workers, and a lot more. But actually, equally in comparison with a lot of other announcements from WWDC, some useful, interesting, and uh, I guess potential for the future announcements there. And finally, an article on Red Monk from James Governor. This was actually from about a month ago, but it only came across my map now. Flutter propels Dart, frameworks, language adoption, and cross-platform development. I've been experimenting with Flutter, another uh, thing I need to get back to. <laughs> but there we go, time, time constraints. Um, and this article is specifically talking about how without Flutter and without some of the frameworks that Flutter has encouraged and the developer tooling, Dart would not be particularly popular um, and how that is a general trend but especially a trend with Dart. Uh, and uh, similar things happened with Rails and Ruby, Node with JavaScript, Spring with Java, etc., etc. Uh, so Dart is actually over 10 years old um, but not really massively used until Flutter, which is now also five years ago. And Google are... Um, rebuilding a lot of their applications in it and uh, last week so this would have been early may this year flutter 3 was announced i somehow <laughs> missed that but uh, there is an article here on the flutter blog from tim sneath back in may introducing flutter 3 so you can also go and have a read of that uh, too um and actually no, i do remember this now maybe i did mention it <laughs> may was such a long time ago uh, adding stable support for desktop targets, which actually interests me quite a lot. That's actually uh, where I have been predominantly working, uh, and that interests me a lot. Uh, I've been trying to build like a desktop application for to-dos and things like that um, instead of just a, a web-based one. You could argue whether Flutter is that or isn't that, but uh, that's for maybe another discussion. So, yeah, um, interesting uh, discussion around how frameworks influence the the popularity of languages and how that can be quite important but also just acknowledging that it's increasingly popular and then a little something from me before we jump into the interview i'll because uh, there's only really one thing we'll just uh, pop it up this side of the interview um you can now find the edited version of my hands-on with fig and i got some good feedback from the team it's kind of like a uh, an enhancement for terminals on macOS only at the moment. Um, and uh, I, I quite like it. You can watch the video. Uh, I've been getting some interesting feedback from some of the developers as well. They're pretty responsive and pretty helpful. So nice community too. Um, so enjoy that. And now here's my interview with Jan Lager from Koyeb and Vic Gamov, developer advocate at Kong, talking about Service Mesh from KubeCon. Enjoy. Next, I'm speaking with Jan and Vic. Jan is with Koyeb and Vic is with Kong, who I've had a few times on the show. Let's quickly kick off with a little bit of an introduction to yourselves and to the, the companies. I'm Victor, and I am a developer advocate here with Kong. And uh, Kong is a cloud and API connectivity company. Um, we do all things around uh, traffic management and uh, cloud-native connectivity for apps, microservices, 
you name it. And I'm Ian. I'm the co-founder and CEO of a company called Koyeb, and we are basically providing a um, platform which is completely managed. It's a it's a managed service platform where you can deploy a full stack application in minutes. So you can get from a simple container or a Git repository. You connect it to our platform, and we will take care of all the uh, operational problem. And we will also include advanced networking capability. We're here mostly to talk about Kuma. So to you, Yan, from an end user perspective, how did you find working with Kuma to build your business? Yeah, so I mean, we have our play is about uh, really simplifying um, operations and letting developers deploy complex applications without having to deal with infrastructure. And for that purpose, we basically completely abstract networking functions. Um, and we were looking to provide, uh, to bring something as a standard in terms of connectivity um, and to bring these service mesh capabilities to the end users. Uh, without having them to think about basically how it works. Um, so what we are bringing is something where you deploy a container and if you want to deploy additional microservices, uh, you just deploy the services, uh, in fact, and you don't think about adding a VPC, which is really low level, or adding something for networking um, manually. Um, we really provide this completely transparently. Um, and we're operating in a specific context where we operate on top of our servers. So um, auto orchestration is done by, by Nomad. Um, and we were looking for something which uh, um, service mesh technology, which brings um, multi-tenancy uh, and um, works any kind of machines. Um, and that's actually why we went with Kuma mm-hmm. uh, to provide this service to the end users. Vic, tell me more about how Kong adds to Kuma to create its own service mesh product. Uh, the Kuma is uh, the service mesh that is the CNCF sandbox project, and uh, we also, as a as a Kong, we contribute to the project and also build some of the uh, the API um, or like IP rather <laughs> on top of this uh, to um, to address some of the like enterprise needs for certain customers. And uh, naturally, uh, Kuma integrates very well with the Kong uh, Ingress uh, as a kind of like a, to provide the traffic into uh, service mesh. Um, however, recently um, the Kuma released um, kind of like a native uh, gateway support. So right now it is a um, um, active uh, development and conversation around the, the Kubernetes native gateway API. And uh, uh, both uh, Kong Ingress controller and uh, both Kuma uh, implementing this API, but also um, Kong engineers from Kong are participating in creating this specification. So we actively are working with CNCF and this network special interest group um, to make sure that um, the, the all the things around the, um, the bringing traffic in and uh, all this traffic shaping, traffic management things also will be you know, addressed in the specification that um, many uh, vendors will support um, afterwards. How long have you been working with Kong? Um, I've been working with Kong like over a year as an official uh, representative yeah. of Kong as a developer advocate. Because yeah. they're a company that have been around for a while and I've sort of seen over the years that the way they've evolved and changed their offering and, and, and what they build and what their focus is. Uh, how have you found that experience? 
Yeah, so there's a lot of uh, things uh, happened for the last, uh, I don't know, like seven years. Kong was open source around 2015. The company was basically building like API, the marketplace. And uh, there was like a huge pivot. Uh, the, the founders were sold. Uh, the, 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 the part of the business that were running this like uh, API marketplace side of things into uh, Rapid API. And uh, open source, the core technology that was driving this, um, and this is how the Kong uh, gateway open source uh, came to be. Uh, and since that time, we just like gained the momentum of like a, it's become like a, literally one of the most popular API gateway, open source API gateway. Um, I, I need to check on the stars because the stars on GitHub are constantly changing, but this is like more than like a few. Uh, tens of thousands stars. So it's quite a popular project. Something I've always found interesting when you're a developer advocate for a commercial company is when you build your demos and example applications, how do you compete with just uh, developers just doing their own thing and convince them that they should do it a different way? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a very good question. So the answer is I don't. Uh, <laughs> um, I, don't uh, I don't. Uh, I don't believe uh, in uh, like a uh, bashing other products for and elevate uh, my own product because it's just not 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 fair thing to do, um, and I uh, believe that the user will decide for themselves. I just want to show what is possible, and they will understand what they can do with the product. So I um, I'm here to do capture imagination and showing the what is possible to do with the technologies. And if they think that's something that will work for for their use cases, um, they want to reuse this type of stuff. Um, uh, I'm not a huge fan of doing this kind of like a checkbox. Like oh this, they have this one and I need to do this one and uh, now they have this one and it's kind of uh, it's 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 more like on the marketing side of things even though I don't consider marketing as a profanity to be fair um, the um, uh, I, I just don't do the, this type of things I just want to show what a call can do uh, within you know certain certain things. Let's switch back to Koyeb. It's not a company that probably as many people are familiar with. So when did you start? How did you start? And how do you compare to some of the, the similar providers out there? We've been in, in business with Koyeb for uh, a few years now. We started um, in, 2000, uh, in, in 2020, actually. Um, and uh, we've been, but we've been in the space and the cloud in space for way longer because we started another company in the same space before. Um, we were basically, uh, um, we uh, were um, running a business called Scaleway uh, in in Europe. So uh, it's a it's a pretty large cloud service provider out there. Um, it's it's the second largest one in France and probably the third largest one in, in Europe. So. Um, and we started, uh, with Koyeb in, yeah, we, we started, uh, in 2020 around kind of the same promise as earlier, but, uh, uh which was in, uh, we started Scala in 2013. So, uh, but at the time it was about providing virtual machines because it was kind of the easy thing to use. And now we are getting up in the levels and we are providing a completely serverless platform with all this native connectivity, which was not all the subject at the time. So, um, yeah, that's what we are basically doing. And uh, let's go back to the con question. Um, what else did you try? <laughs> and what made you settle on, on that in the end? Yeah, so we uh, we looked 
obviously around on, on on the market we were looking for an open source technology um and um when we uh, went this way two years ago i think we had um mainly so there are two standards for stio uh and uh envi uh which are the two key options and then the question is how do you orchestrate it um and most of the technologies were coupled with kubernetes and as we don't rely on kubernetes um we uh it really narrowed down our uh, options um and the other thing is really this multi-tenancy capabilities because we are running multiple customers on the same parallel machines um and we want to provide an individual service mesh for each customer uh and not do it through one single service mesh which is uh, separated with acls uh so each with kuma the key advantage is that each customer has a has his own service mesh Kong, that's best to say Kuma then. <laughs> what are you at uh, KubeCon to to promote, to talk about, uh, to to uh, announce, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera? So uh, yesterday we participated in uh, Service Mesh Day. Uh, it's kind of like a pre <laughs> pre show that also was a pretty exciting show. There's a lot of uh, interesting uh, talks over there. So um, I was um, uh, before I joined the Kong, I spent some time in around the Apache Kafka community. So uh, brought the book around this um, and uh, kafkaconnection.com.org. Go check it out. It's a good book about Kafka. <laughs> uh, shameless plug. That's what I do. Um, uh, and yeah, I was doing a presentation about how to run Kafka in um, in Service Mesh. What kind of like a what what can be. What can go wrong <laughs> there as well? Um, I was doing a lot of um, talks around running Kafka and Kubernetes in the past, so it's a kind of like a topic that close to my close to my heart. And um, with the uh, with the KubeCon, uh, we were also participating in um, um, in a panel around the future of service meshes and uh, um, a lot of conversation around um, like a sidecarless service meshes and, and things like that. Um, and um, what would be uh, what would be the future for 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 next generation of the service mesh? Um, uh, Jan also uh, did a presentation yesterday. Um, he uh, talked about uh, technical details of implementation uh, of uh, Koya platform and how it works and which bits um, used uh, the service mesh and like why it is important for 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 their business. So I think it was a great example of. Uh, um, the, like having the, the technology like a service mesh in the wild and uh, like the, the, the companies like Corp using this with Rage um, and uh, some of the some of the lessons that they learn and uh, implementing some of the things that were not there before like spe- specifically like Ingress thing that uh, you folks implemented themselves um, and now the, the part of Ingress and Gateway API would be you know the, the part of the uh, of the product itself so um, and uh, here I'm, I'm just happy to be here just to be frank so uh, it's, it's been two years in the city on the like Zoom calls and like all sorts of like a virtual events, you know this as a as a podcaster, you also probably spent like tons of time with it, talking to people over the uh, <laughs> over streams in the YouTube and all these kind of things. I just like to get back to um, uh, meeting with people. I, I spoke with uh, some of the uh, friends from the from the from the you know the pre- uh, f- um, past and uh, met some uh, some new people, um, and we talk about technology and uh, all the all the things. It was great. And I'm happy to meet uh, some of the, you know, the customers of uh, customers, uh, users. Again, um, there's uh, some of the some people who use Kong, who don't use Kong, who use Kuma, who don't use Kong, and you know, there's kind of like a interesting, um, uh, interesting conversation that happened. Is Koya here mostly to promote the, the 
you know, the fact that you are here, is that your thing you're announcing and, and, and um, what are you um, working so on next? So we, we clearly have a, a kind of a different story. Our story is about abstracting all the infrastructure and a lot of talks here are about uh, infrastructure, which is uh, the funny part. So um, we're trying to democratize, democratize most of the, the technologies and we are trying to bring an experience where you can deploy in minutes and globally. And actually, the, the subject of the talk yesterday was also about having a, a service mesh which spawns uh, the world, like multiple continents. And how do you build something like this where you can deploy simultaneously in 25 core locations? Um, and that's what we are also, that's actually one also of the key feature I forgot yeah. to mention because, uh, we are, we needed a technology which, uh, lets us, um, basically, uh, deploy in multiple core locations and create meshes across those locations where, uh, if you have a microservice running in Paris and a microservice running in New York, uh, it's going to work seamlessly. That's really the experience we want to bring and we, and where you don't want, you don't think about networking. Um, and uh, yeah, so we, we have a, a, a different play here. Uh, we're not so much into the KubeCon, but probably more into the cloud native con uh, because we're trying to bring people to uh, really a cloud native mindset. Um, but um, at, the same, at the end, we're all uh, fighting to provide a better experience to, uh, to the end users, I think. Apart from your own products, what uh, has excited you or interested you the most so far? I don't know. Like, I, I just like to also, like, travel and explore different foods. <laughs> like, when in Spain, uh, the, the eating, like, a jamon and that type of stuff, you know. <laughs> um, so, um, the, the announcement came out yesterday during the service, uh, service MeshCon that um, Envoy project is actually working on standardized um, uh, the so Envoy was using as a kind of sidecar proxy for many service meshes, and not only service meshes. There are some of the um, uh, products that they existed before that were performing as an API gateway, and they're using Envoy as a kind of like a, a the heart of this uh, thing. So um, apparently, some of the conversation that happened uh, before this um, between. Uh, I guess two projects that are part of the CNCF. It's uh, Contour from uh, VMware. Previously, previously was uh, Heptio, I guess, and uh, came to VMware through acquisition. And um, Emissary from Ambassador Labs. Um, those both um, API gateways uh, were built on top of Envoy. And they decided to join forces, merge the project, and uh, they announced that they will be working on a thing called Envoy um, Gateway. That's going to be um, implementation of uh, Gateway API. Um, if you're interested, can I do another sort of plug? I actually did the, the video in the YouTube explaining like, what does it mean, uh, how does it work, and how you can enable this in a, in a, in a, in a place like uh, Kong and uh, in the Kuma. Um, and you can go this in the Kong Inc. Uh, YouTube channel. And um, that was very exciting. Uh, we, we, because we, we started working on this one as, like separately, but like we, as, at Kong, we're looking forward to support this and contribute to the uh, development of this uh, the gateway thing. Um, we, we're pretty excited about this one. Yeah, I, I think I also have like subjects around Spain because it's my first time in Spain. It's my first time at, at, uh, actually at KubeCon, even so I've, I've worked in the industry for 10 years. So, 
Um, I'm, I'm impressed by the uh, global event, I would say, uh, and also by meeting people in reality <laughs> after two years of pandemic. But um, and actually, I, I remember that I forgot to mention something key, which is we announced the, the public preview yesterday of Koyeb, so uh, which is a key thing, and I've been running for those two days yeah. between the uh, talk, uh, meeting people, um, and seeing so much actually technologists. Uh, in the same space um, is really it's really nice I hope you enjoyed the show find out more about me at chrischinchilla.com where you can find show notes sign up for my newsletter and find all of my writing games work and video links there's also details on how to get in touch with me and if you want to get even closer to what I do join my discord server for behind the scenes discussions and helping me produce my shows and work